Keep your fingers there for a moment. I want to start this morning in Matthew chapter 5. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1, seeing the multitudes, he, that is Jesus, went up on a mountain. When he was seated with his disciples, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, and we have a list there that follows of the Beatitudes. Jesus begins, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He continues, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall seek God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you for my name's sake. Rejoice, Jesus says, and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus, in beginning his earthly ministry, and we see at the beginning of his ministry here, he has this sermon that Matthew records. And he begins by helping people to make a transition in their minds and a transition in their lives. He will go through this sermon and many times he will say, You have heard it said, but I say. You have heard it said, but I say. Spirituality 101. It is looking at what, uh, what he says our focus needs to be now upon. Not so much the physical things of this life and the physical aspects of the law of Moses, but now making that transition into spiritual thinking, into spiritual matters uh, pertaining to the law of Christ. And so we see this transition that's going on, and so he, he's getting them to make this transition in their minds, and he begins each of these, what we call the Beatitudes, the attitudes that we need to possess with the word blessed. And you understand and you've been told and you know in your studies that that is a word that carries with it the idea of happiness, joy. Happy are those who will be poor in spirit. Happy are those who are humble, for theirs is going to be the kingdom of heaven. Those who are focusing on these spiritual aspects of life will be rewarded richly in a spiritual way. But happy, blessed are those who have these attitudes in life. Now, you look at the first word in Ephesians 1 and verse 3, and the same word is found in English, blessed and blessed. But in Ephesians 1 and verse 3, Paul is not talking about the idea of happy, but blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father. It's not happy. The word in the Greek is... Ulegeo. Ulegeo. Starts with an E. E U. And we get our English word eulogy. Eulogy. And so what Paul is saying is you need to eulogize God. Well, what does that mean? Well, when we think of eulogies, we most often think of a, a particular service, don't we? We think of a funeral service. And we stand up and someone offers a eulogy, right? Now, I've not done nearly as many of these as Brother Mike has or some others who are in this room. My number is well below 50. And I have had the opportunity to uh, offer a eulogy for as many, let's say, people that I never met 
as people that I knew. And that's an interesting thing, but, but the way it happens, you know, many people, they, they don't know who can offer their or do their funeral service. And so, hey, are you a preacher? Well, you must be qualified, so you can do it. And so you stand up and, and you say what you can in a very kind and loving way. You want to say nice things about this person uh, whose life you're there to celebrate and remember. And you're there to comfort people who are doing the same. But what are you doing? The word is defined as to speak well of, to celebrate with praise. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Paul is saying? God is worthy of our celebration with praise, and we must be speaking well of Him. How well do we speak of God? How well do we speak of God? I don't need to tell you this, but we live in a world increasingly where God is not very well spoken of. That people are not so prone now to speak very well of God. In fact, they use His name in vain, and they use His name and they place blame on Him, and they, uh, they, He is the cause of all of the troubles that they experience in life, and people are not speaking very well of God. What about you? Are you speaking well of God? Do you celebrate God with praise? Do I speak well of God? It's a question that we need to be asking ourselves. And uh, really, I don't want to take a whole lot of your time this morning as we study this together and look at this, because it's not something that you and I necessarily don't understand. But we need to make sure that we're speaking well of our God. Paul says he is worthy of our praise. And we need to be speaking well of Him. I ask you now to open your Bibles to the Old Testament in Psalm 146. And what I want to do this morning is look at these uh, just ten verses of Psalm 146. And I want to look at five ways, or five, five ways that we need to be eulogizing God. You see, the title of the sermon this morning is God's Eulogy. Ways that we need to be speaking well of God. Why do we need to speak well of God? It's very simple and it's very straightforward, but needs to be in place in our lives. We need not to take it when people don't speak well of God, and we need ourselves to be standing up and speaking well of Him. I want you to notice the praise that is offered by the psalmist in Psalm 146. Just as we begin to introduce this psalm, look at the first two verses. The psalmist here says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. While I am taking in breath, I will praise the Lord. I will eulogize Him. I will speak well of Him. I will offer Him my praise. The psalmist here makes this profound point. Again, while I am living, I will sing praises to my God. While I have my being within me, I will praise God. Do you have that same motivation today? Do you have those thoughts in yourself? Do you wake up every morning and say, God, I have my being today. I'm still alive. I'm still here. And while I'm taking in this breath every day, I'm going to praise you. Or do you wake up every day and wonder what trouble the day is going to bring? And who is to blame in your mind? And that is God. You're going to wake up every day with with these 
things in our minds, aren't we? And the psalmist says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to offer Him my eulogy. I'm going to celebrate Him with praise. Why? Five reasons. Number one, he says, I will praise you, God, every day. I will praise you while I have my being because you are eternal. Beginning in verse 3, he says, Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs and he returns to the earth. In his very day, his plans perish. Man is just temporal. Our lives are just temporal. And so he says here, that is not true with God. And so I'm not going to put my trust in the princes of this earth. I'm not going to put my trust in government. I'm not going to put myself in ruling authority. I'm going to put my trust in the God who is eternal. One day, all the plans that you and I have, all the plans that we've made, all the things that we're going to do, they're going to die when we do. Right? It's not wrong to make plans. It's not wrong to have a future, to be thinking about your future and things that you want to accomplish. But understand that that everything that we have planned is going to die when we do. Our lives are going to end, but that's not true when it comes to God. He is always going to be. He is eternal. And that's what the, the psalmist is wanting us to get. Go back in your Old Testament to the book of Deuteronomy. And look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 33. And here we have some of the final words from Moses. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, we're not going to read very much, just a couple of verses. But here Moses says this about God in verse number 26. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun, another name for Israel. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides the heavens to help you, and in His excellency on the clouds, the eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say, destroy. Here to God's people, Moses before his death reminds them that they serve a God who is eternal. A God who is literally, he says, riding the heavens in order to come to their rescue. He is not a man. He does not have an end. He does not have a beginning. And so he says, I will celebrate you with praise because you are not like us. You are eternal. Isn't it wonderful to think that the God that Abraham served is the same God that my grandparents served? And it's the same God that that my parents have served and that I have served and that my children will serve and that their children, and for as many generations down the road, they will continue to serve as long as God allows things to go. He's the same. He's the same. We need to wake up every day to eulogize God, to speak well of Him, to celebrate Him with praise because He is not like us. He is eternal. The psalmist continues in Psalm 146. He says, uh, continuing on in verse number 5, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever. Number two, he says, I will eulogize God, I will praise God, because He is the Creator. Jump over to 148, Psalm 148, verse number one. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all ye stars of light. Praise Him, you heaven of heavens, and you waters above them heaven, above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded, and they were created. I'm not telling you this morning something you're not aware of. But I am saying that every day we need to wake up with the thought of, I'm going to praise God, the Creator of heaven and earth. He's not like me. He is eternal. And His power is unmatched. He literally spoke. And all of what we have came into existence. He didn't have anything with which to work. There were no materials around. He created them all. He is to be praised for the power that He alone has. Julie and I were in Dallas the last couple of days and we saw a favorite comedian of ours. And he is not a member of the Lord's Church, uh, but he is a person who believes in God. And he was uh, saying, he said, will you just understand that you have in your brain, in your head, you have a computer. And that computer is made of meat. And he took the microphone and he banged it against his head. He said, do you hear me? You have a computer in your head and it's made of meat. How great is that? It's not something you came up with. It's not something you and I can do. He said, it's not that there's no evidence. It's that there's too much evidence that there is a God. Look at your body. Look at what you have. Look at your hands, how they move. Look at your feet. Look at your legs. Look at your arms. Study your eyeball. Look at all the senses that you possess. He's not like you. God made all of that. He is the creator. And we need to wake up every day with a mindset that says, I'm going to speak well of you today. You're worthy of my praise. I am not going to speak ill of you, and I'm not going to stand for others who try. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and nothing was made that was made without Him. Those words in John 1, verses 1 through 3. God is worthy of our praise because He is the Creator, and we are the crown of His creation. And I will praise Him. I will make it a point to praise Him every day that I have breath. In verse number 6, the psalmist says, He made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and He keeps truth forever. You see, He is eternal. He is the Creator, and He's worthy of my praise because He is faithful. The psalmist says, He keeps truth forever. Aren't we looking for someone in this life who is absolutely dependable? Those people are fewer and farther between, but not so with God. Turn over to the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Near the end of this fabulous letter, Paul writes, verses 23 and 24, these words. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 23. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is what? Faithful. Who will do it? 
God is looking to establish you, Paul says, completely. Sanctify you completely. He is looking again to have you be with Him forever. And He who called you is faithful. He's going to see you all the way to the end. He is not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And so I will wake up every day as I have breath and I will praise Him. I will speak well of Him. And I will not allow others to not do that in my presence. He is worthy of my praise because He is eternal. He is the Creator. He is faithful. He has given us His Word and He will preserve it so that we will always have it. He is faithful. You go back to Psalm 146. I told you I wasn't going to take a lot of time this morning to go through this. Notice the next one in verse number 7. The Bible says that He executes justice for the oppressed. That's the first sentence of verse number 7. He executes justice for the oppressed. I will praise God. I will eulogize. I will stand and speak well of Him every day that I have breath. Because God is just. He is just. I don't know how often we pause to think about this aspect of God. We think about His being eternal, I suppose. We think about God being the Creator, I hope. We think about God being faithful and always going to be with us. What about His justice? Oh, how wonderful it is that we serve a God who is just. And oh, that we would think about it more and more as our days go on. If you go back to Psalm chapter 7, or the 7th Psalm, The psalmist there in Psalm 7 says this in verse number 11. It is a meditation of David, we are told in the title. And David says in Psalm 7 in verse 11, God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. He is a just judge. And what that means, friends, is that God will not do what is wrong. He will supply justice He knows the wicked from the righteous, and He is never going to stand for the good being called evil and for evil being called good. You cannot pay Him off. You cannot uh, pay Him enough to have His affection. He is just. His ways are right, and He's always going to do what is right. In many uh, cultures, you know it to be true, and the Bible talks about this in, in days when the Bible was written, that judges could be paid off. I suppose we live in a day and time where even in our country, to a certain extent, there are judges who can be paid off and you can buy justice. It's not going to happen with God. We need to be thankful for that. Because it doesn't matter if you have a lot or if you have little. He's going to be the same. It doesn't matter if in this life you are a person of great prestige or you're a name that no one knows, God knows. And you're going to be treated the same. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That God is going to be just. Praise Him for this. And as we finish Psalm 146 and going through and thinking about just a few things, we know that He is eternal, He is the Creator, He is faithful, He is just. As we finish out these thoughts in verse number 7, He executes justice for the oppressed. Keep going. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. 
The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. He is the God who knows all of our needs. And He knows those who are oppressed in this life. And He knows those who have much. And He's watching out for the well-being of all. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45 that we serve a God who sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He is a God who commands us to look out for those who are oppressed, to be uh, concerned with others' well-being. Just go through your Bible and think about the number of times you find God concerned with the widow. And go through your Bible and look at the number of times that God is concerned with the orphan. I go back to our study in James chapter 2 this morning in the adult Bible class in here. We looked at the first 13 verses. And what you find in that study is that God ultimately says, your focus needs to be on the Lord of glory. You don't need to be focused on what anybody in this life can offer you, the rich. You don't need to be concerned with the amount of help that that the poor might need in this life and how uh, that might be not so opportune for you. You look out for them. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, James 1 and verse 27, to visit the widow and the orphan in their time of trouble to keep oneself unspotted from the world. We serve a God who repeatedly reminds us that He is concerned with those who are unable to help themselves. And here's where it comes down to. When it comes to salvation, you and I couldn't help ourselves. And we serve a God who saw our need. We serve a God who saw that I was unable of myself to save myself. We have a God who looked down and saw within you, you unable to save within yourself, yourself. And He did something about it. He offered His Son. And so you go to Philippians chapter 2, and it's a, it's a verse that it just continues to come to mind, doesn't it? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The fact that, that Jesus left heaven above, and He came in the form of man, and He humbled Himself, and He went to the cross, and now He has been exalted, having completed what God sent Him to do. He has been exalted back to that position where He had in heaven, and He sits at the right hand of God. Verse number 11 says, Every tongue is one day going to confess the name of Christ. Every knee one day is going to bow. What are they going to do? They're going to praise. They're going to celebrate Him. But if you wait, you're going to wait too long. If you wait until that day, it's going to be too late. We must be eulogizing God today. Standing to praise. Celebrating Him for who He is.
He is eternal and you are not. He is the creator of heaven and earth and you are not. I am not. He is faithful. He is just. He is benevolent. And we need to strive to be more like him. But brethren and friends, what we need to do is stand every morning or bow, as it were, to eulogize, to praise him for who he is, to speak well of him. And so I ask you today, do you speak well of God? Through your words, through your actions, do you wake up every day and speak well of him? Do you allow others to not speak well of Him? You need to think about that today, and so do I. Are we really praising Him? Are we rising every day to do this, as the psalmist tells us we must? This morning, if you have not confessed His name, the name of Christ, if you have not yet repented of sin in your life, but you're willing to do that, if you're not this morning, if you have not been baptized in water for the forgiveness of your sins, won't you celebrate Jesus today and what He has done for you? And won't you respond in obedience to Him today? This morning, if you're not a Christian, today is the day. Today is the day to bow before Him in submission. Today is the day to praise Him for who He is and what He's done. And to submit yourself to Him, to give your life to Him as a Christian. As a Christian today, if you've not been praising Him, you've not been speaking well of Him in your words or actions, and this morning you need to repent of such, and you need to respond to His invitation, it's extended to you today as well. But may we take these words of the psalmist, may we wake up every day as we go through our day, praise God for who He is, and He alone is worthy. But this morning, if you uh, need to come to the Lord's invitation is extended to you, Please, won't you come now while together we stand and while we sing.